Welcome to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, where we will talk about finance for the healthcare professional and medical practice owner. This series is brought to you by Bankers Healthcare Group, the leader in financing solutions for healthcare professionals. Since 2001, BHG has worked with more than 100,000 licensed practitioners to help them reach their financial goals. Perfecting Your Practice is designed to talk about ways you can invest in your career and practice in order to set yourself up for success. Now here's your host, Chris Panabianco, Chief Marketing Officer at BHG. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying our series. Once again, we're excited to have Roger Wolner back with us in the studio today. Hey, Roger, how you doing? Good. How are you, Chris? Great. How's Chicago? Kind of a day that can't make up its mind. We got some rain here for the first time in a week, but now the sun wants to come out, so we'll see where this goes. <laughs> How's the traffic? I live out in the suburbs. It can be treacherous, especially uh, you know on a Friday afternoon if you're trying to go to the city. You, know, you might as well take public transportation. Yeah, we, we were there for a seminar a week and a half ago, and on a Tuesday it took an hour and a half to go 17 miles from the airport to downtown Chicago. That can be a uh, horrendous commute. I recall hearing on the radio commute times of two hours for that drive. Oh, but it gives you a good chance to listen to podcasts, so we're hoping anyone <laughs> stuck in traffic, they're listening to us today. I'm sure that's what they're all doing. Hey, Roger, for those of uh, those of our listeners who haven't heard the previous podcast or read our blog, could you give them a quick background on you? Yeah, my name is Roger Wallner, and I'm a longtime financial advisor. I'm a financial writer, and I'm a financial consultant to uh, small businesses. Excellent. Well, we're happy to have you back once again. Again, we've had a great relationship with you over the years. Uh, having you as a guest contributor to our blog and recording some of these podcasts with you. Today's topic is a little bit different than what we talked about uh, in prior topics. So we're going to go into business management. It seems all too often that we hear businesses fall apart because trusted employees with access to confidential information took advantage of their employer. Uh, Is that something that sounds right? Sadly, uh, yes. I mean, I don't know how many times, you know, on the local news, whether here in Chicago or, you know, where you are, you hear stories about some small company that the bookkeeper embezzled hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's usually a situation where it's a trusted employee and, and the owners don't have any supervision. I mean, although not a business, there is a story that made national headlines here in Illinois a few years ago in the western part of the state. The controller of a, of a town in the western part of the state called Dixon embezzled $53 million over a period of about 15 years and basically got caught when she went on vacation. And she was one of the few full-time employees and nobody watched over her. So, I mean, this stuff happens in large and small entities. So when something like that happens, I would imagine as a practice owner or even a business owner, you got to look in the mirror and say, what, you know, what, what could I have done differently? How did I not see this? You know, let me ask you, what's one thing you think medical practice owners get wrong when they're hiring a business manager? Well, I, I don't know if it's, it's so much in, in hiring the business manager, but well, you know, certainly you want to do background checks and, and do, do all that type of thing. I mean, I think that goes with, with any type of position that deals with finances or business or anything like that. But I think a lot of what they get wrong is once that person is in place, that person, you know, becomes a trusted part of the team and, and usually justifiably so. And then they just kind of take a complete hands-off approach. And, you know, I'm certainly not an expert on white-collar crime, but I imagine a lot of these situations arise 
not because the person is a bad person, but, you know, there's a need in their life or they've had a financial setback. And the opportunity is there because the practice owner um, just kind of takes a hands-off approach. Maybe they don't like to deal with the financial aspect of their business. Maybe they don't understand it, you know, any any of the above, and, and the opportunity is there. Sure. And every every management book you read, especially nowadays, is, you know, as a business owner, you have to trust the people underneath you. And people want the autonomy to make decisions. Why is that a mistake? It's not a mistake. It's a mistake. There's a difference. You know, there's two terms here. There's delegation and there's abdication. Delegation is good. Abdication, which I define as just completely divorcing yourself mentally from, in this case, the financial process of, of your practice, which is your business, that's where the mistake comes in. You don't have to look over anybody's shoulder, but you know you should have regular meetings with your business manager, your bookkeeper, whatever title or role that person is playing. And certainly, you know, your your outside accountant, and I'm sure all practices have some. Most, if not all, practices have an outside accountant um, of some sort. Um, that person should be involved as well, and there should just be controls in place. You know, and there needs to be separation of duties. You know, you don't want the same person, you know, making deposits, reconciling, uh, reconciling the checkbooks, signing all the checks. You know, there has to be some separations of duty there, and at some point. The business owner needs to do some oversight, have regular meetings, and you know establish up front that they they want to understand and they want to, you know, be involved in these process this process, but not certainly micromanage. That's a mouthful, and I hope it makes some sense. It makes complete sense. Let me ask you: What are some of the tips you have outside of the regular meetings? Are there certain areas to look at to make sure you're 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 holding each other accountable? Uh, or you're holding your staff accountable? Because I know in some small practices, it could be a spouse, it could be, you know, one other person. You don't have eight people uh, doing all these. What are what are some other tips you have? Well, again, I, I think even in the smallest practice, you can have separation of duties. For example, maybe every check that over a certain amount, the owner has to sign, or the owner should take a look at the bank statements on a regular basis. Maybe you reach out to the bank and, you know, you set some parameters there in terms of access to the accounts or notifications of transactions over a certain amount. You know, you can do those type of things. And then, you know, you should take an interest in and show your business manager that you have an interest in the financial. You should do a, I, I would hope that anybody that owns a practice does a regular financial review, either with their internal person or certainly with their, their CPA to just understand the money flow of their business. And I don't care if you, again, if you're a medical practice, if you're a dentist, or if you uh, are a rancher in Wyoming. I mean, they're all businesses and any business owner should be reviewing their financials at some level and, have an under, and take the time to have an understanding of how the money flows through their business. This is a very serious issue, and it can really damage not only your bank account, but it could hurt your reputation, your ability to get financing to expand, things of that nature. What are some of the things you've seen as to how bad this can get? Well, not only I, I think you hit it on the head, but I think if I can take it a step further, you know, there are certain things which are not necessarily fraud, but let's say payroll taxes are not being filed on a regular basis. Or, or contributions to uh, the company retirement plan aren't being made. 
you know, I'm, I'm certainly not an attorney, but certainly in the case of payroll taxes, I mean, this can bankrupt a business. There are some severe fines, and I would guess in, in the extreme case, the criminal penalties. And, you know, even though you've delegated this to a business manager or even an outside accountant, if it's not getting done, they're going to come looking to you, the, the practice owner, for responsibility. I remember years ago, I, I took a job as the director of finance for a firm that that processed uh, disability checks uh, as part of a a benefits company. And part of that involved withholding and remitting payroll, uh, yeah, payroll taxes to, you know, various states. And and they just, they had an internal breakdown and it just wasn't getting done. There was no fraud. It was just negligence or poor performance or whatever. And I remember, you know, pardon my French, but this was the mess from hell to clean up. (laughs) I mean, I, I, think my hair turned gray during this process. So is it common for for medical practices? To me, the businesses that I've been involved in, there's usually a standard operating procedure in place, some form of document or checklist that is monitored, uh, updated, and signed or followed by staff. Is that something you see or is that something you would suggest to a medical practice owner? You know, you tend to, you certainly see it in some of the larger practices. And I think, you know, some of the smaller practices, either a new practice that's starting out or or something that's smaller. I mean, yeah, I think that's mandatory. Uh, it's, it's like anything else, you know, a checklist or a procedure or a process can be a great way to, to manage without micromanaging. You know, as a practice owner, you don't want to get into the, you know, the debits and credits and, and the, 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 you know, preparing financial statements, but you sure want to make sure that the important things are getting done and that the money intentionally or other, otherwise is going into the right buckets. It sounds to me like what it is is creating accountability on both sides. Exactly. Are there any other areas you think owners of practices can be more accountable? Um, I think, you know, I, I don't know that they can be more accountable, but I think they, they certainly should state the fact that they are keenly interested in this area and that, you know, the people they're bringing on are, are important. And while they trust them, to run these areas and hopefully to run them in a better fashion that they've been run in the past, that they do expect uh, their business manager, bookkeeper, you know, to have an accountability to them and the other practice owners, if, if that's applicable. I think it is. So showing an interest, I think, is a lot of it because, again, people who are may well be honest if they see the opportunity and they get in a situation where they're desperate. And again, I'm talking about fraud in this case. That's how a lot of these things happen, I'm sure. I think you're exactly right. And from serious events, criminal actions like that, to even mistakes uh, within bookkeeping, or as you mentioned, the the 401k or anything of that nature, they can really pull your business down. You've worked so hard as a healthcare professional to get to where you are. And with so many outside influences, you know, this is just one area, one tiny area of business management uh, that we're focused on today. But I would imagine you could hit on a lot of other points uh, to help our listeners. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the whole, and, and however you define business management, I mean, this also goes into, you know, their, their marketing. It goes into dealing with patients. It goes into uh, even even procedures that might be worked out with, with the doctors or the dentists to deliver care. I mean, this is all important. And, and again, you know, while we call it a medical practice and the focus is on helping people, it's still a business and successful companies, large and small, have processes and procedures, and they try to do things within reason in the same way in each case. And if you can kind of standardize, you know, the patient intake experience, you know, the financial experience for the patient, 
and everything else, you know, that all makes for a more profitable practice. Excellent. One thing we like to do, Rogers, end all of our podcasts with the big takeaway. Uh, from everything we've mentioned today, what would you say if, if I'm listening and I walk away from this, what's the one thing I have to take away with me today? Your practice is a business and you need to treat it like a business. Um, it's your livelihood. You need to make sure that the boring financial stuff is done and you need to treat it like a business in all patient-facing things because your patients will think more of you, not only as a doctor, but as a place that they want to come visit. Great. Roger, let me ask you, how can our how can our listeners get a hold of you? I'm certainly glad to talk to any of the listeners that may have questions, and they can find me on LinkedIn, Roger Wallner, W-O-H-L-N-E-R. They can contact me by email at rwallner, R-W-O-H-L-N-E-R, at comcast.net. And uh, if they're interested in uh, personal finance, I, I have run a personal finance blog for years, thechicagofinancialplanner.com. Great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today, Roger. It's always a pleasure. And, you know, we look forward to recording some more podcasts with you in the future, as well as your blog contribution uh, to the BHG blog. So I really appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Well, that's it today, folks. Uh, If you have any questions, want to chat more and continue the conversation, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email me at chrisp at bhg-inc.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. That's it for today. Have a great day, folks. For episode notes and worksheets, please visit perfectingyourpracticetoday.com. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your peers. Thanks for listening to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, presented by Bankers Healthcare Group, the leading provider of financial solutions for healthcare professionals. To learn more about BHG's working capital loans, business startup loans, credit cards, and patient financing, visit bankershealthcaregroup.com. Dot com.